1: Welcome to On Boys,
0: real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. We're your co hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of BuildingBoys.net and Janet Allison of BoysAlive.com. As 2018 draws to a close, I thought it would be fun to look back and see what were our most popular episodes this year. Janet, if you had to guess, what are some of the episodes that you think were most popular with our listeners?
2: Well, since I already know the answers of what was most popular, and actually I was surprised at some of them, so those will be revealed soon. I think the ones where we interviewed other guests were popular, Mm-hmm. I and maybe that's my own bias because I really like interviewing other guests. Me we do great ones this year. Mike Domish and Warren Farrell and Katherine Reynolds Lewis. Yeah, some really good wise, wise people, and just most recently, Maggie Dent, too, from Australia.
0: I have to say, when I started pulling this list together, like you, I was surprised by some of them. So we are going to kind of recap our five most popular episodes of 2018. We'll talk about, we'll tell you what they were, and we'll talk about why they were important to us. Our... I'm going to just give this one away. Our most popular one of 2018 by a landslide was the good news about bad behavior with Katherine Reynolds Lewis.
2: This book is taking America by storm and she is changing the way we are parenting. And I know for myself, I'm using this in all of my coaching that I do with families. I'm using this in my five steps to untangle your parenting class, because her perspective and her ideas, especially for me around the apprenticeship model Mm -hmm. of parenting, how we need to be in a collaborative place with our kiddos rather than that top down, which no longer works. And she's got all the data and statistics to support that, but it's, It's really humanizing, and the parents that I have shared it with have just been so eager to apply it with their kids.
0: You know, bad behavior is one of those things that we are all very familiar with. If you have a kid, you are dealing with bad behavior, full stop, on a daily basis, probably multiple times a day. So this is an issue that every single parent struggles with. You know, am I am I doing this correctly? Am I handling this correctly? Why isn't this working? What should I be doing? And I love that Catherine brings out in her book that kids don't misbehave on purpose most of the time. Occasionally you will have a kid do it to get attention, but even then there's an underlying there's an underlying issue. And this idea that if you look at it as um, how can you help children develop the skills they need, both life skills and social, emotional, and regulation skills, it's a paradigm shift. And I really think that we can make some big differences in our homes and in our schools if we pay attention and make some tiny shifts to our parenting that over time add up to great big changes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She likened that to you wouldn't put your child in a timeout because they couldn't tie their shoes. Yet mm-hmm. we are making our kids wrong for things that they just haven't developed the skill set for yet. Mm-hmm. And I've used this with teachers in schools and it is really a revelation for them as well. The other really important thing about this book and what Catherine has brought to light, I think, is this focus on our children's mental health. Yeah. I think for me, the most surprising sentence in the whole book was uh, from this sweeping study by the National Institute of Mental Health revealing that one in two children will develop a mood or behavioral disorder, or a substance addiction before age 18.
0: That actually leads to one of our other most popular episodes of the year. Another one of our top five was our episode that we originally aired on August 23rd, Anxiety and Depression. And it speaks to that. These are issues that we are all dealing with in our homes and in our classrooms And it's so easy to feel like you're the only one. It's easy to feel overwhelmed. It's very difficult to find solutions. And so we explored some of that. We talked about the fact that as of right now, generally speaking, only about 40% of kids who have an anxiety or depression disorder or diagnosis receive treatment.
2: What's so crucial is that we're actually talking about Yes. Yes. Wasn't talked about when I was a kid. I never even heard the word anxiety. And sure. Is there more anxiety now? Mm, maybe likely so. I think that another thing that's really important for parents of boys to recognize is that anxiety and depression can show up so differently mm-hmm. in boys and men than it does in girls and women.
0: The other thing that we talked about in that episode that's related is that how you handle it with boys may need to be a little bit different. The same basic concepts are there, right? Acknowledge it, um, normalize it, seek help, all of that. But for instance, if you're looking for a therapist, you want to look for what you termed a boy friendly therapist, somebody who's not necessarily going to expect your son to sit there, look at them eye to eye and talk about his feelings somebody that may use movement get outside go for a walk somebody that understands the developmental challenges and social challenges that boys are
2: dealing with also and i think this has brought to light this focus on emotional and social education and this is filtering into the schools it is so important we know that for kindergartners They don't need to learn their alphabet. They need to learn social skills and that's going to hold them in better stead as they move into school. So really having the conversation is so important and working towards our kids developing their own self-regulation again, circling back to Catherine's book Mm -hmm. and being able to talk, especially with our boys, about their feelings. It's okay to cry. Actually crying will help you feel better because it releases all those stress hormones through your tears and normalizing that is, I think, the challenge and the hope of our generation of parents right now, that they are doing that. That's
0: where I see a lot of hope in some of the changes that have taken place. You're right, this push to talking about and working on developing social, emotional regulation skills is big. And it's one that we weren't talking about a decade ago. And this has the potential to really make a difference in terms of our children's mental health Immediate mental health, their individual well being, and collectively, I think that it can make a great difference. And ultimately, and maybe I'm being optimistic, but I think this is a step towards living together more peacefully.
2: You just be optimistic, Jen. We need-
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, when uh, we were getting ready to record this podcast, I wanted to look for anything else that's been said. What are other people saying about anxiety and depression? And I found a series of articles that the Deseret News has done this year. They've really dug into it. And we're going to include a link to that in our show notes because there has been a lot of great work going on. And if this is something you want to dig into further, we want to have those resources for you.
2: We are such on the same page. I've been reading those articles as well. (laughs) They have so many great links and they have an anxiety toolkit that's graphic that's so... Um, easy to, as a reminder, to kind of go through the checklist with your child if they're the ones that are anxious. So that's a really good resource. Check the show notes for that. I think another part of anxiety, especially, but also depression, is that boys get upset faster and they have a harder time calming down. And this may look a whole lot like anger and Voila, one of our most popular episodes has been about boys and anger.
0: Yep, boys and anger. That was one of our earliest episodes as well. And interestingly, just before I clicked on to record with you, I was just you know scanning articles, and I ran across one that was talking about how parents should handle their teens and tweens anger because... As you know, and as we've heard from our listeners, those years are when it tends to become a really big issue. Certainly, you will see flashes of anger before then, but it really seems to intensify as your children are starting to begin puberty. And that it can just be crazy making for parents. And this article was pointing out that part of the problem is that during puberty, the brain is going through all these changes. And the part of the brain that uh, does emotions starts changing first. And so it's really capable of feeling all of this stuff and very deeply. And that happens before the parts of the brain that control emotional regulation and self-control and impulse control before those parts mature. So developmentally, there are really good reasons why your boys are quick to anger and frankly, they
2: get overwhelmed by feelings as well. And I think it's also you could take everything you just said about that as as pubescent boys and put it back into the four-year-old and that yes, testosterone surge and that, you know, their their development is not even. They don't they may have the words, but they don't have the impulse control and they don't have the emotional awareness yet and so it's it can be a perfect storm and I have a lot of parents come to me with boys that are four and five and so concerned about their violence and I am always saying you know let's let's watch our words here we don't want to you know label it something that it's not but it can feel that way when your four-year-old hits you in the face it can feel like an assault and yet to back up and be able to understand where the root causes of anger are coming from and Mm -hmm. what anger triggers in us as the parents is huge. And once we can work with that, then we can separate ourselves a little bit from this assault of this really impulsive, angry, whether it's a teenager or a four-year-old. And so I have developed a learning lab, which is an hour and a half online workshop that goes through all of the theory around anger, background, what's happening for him, what's happening for you as the parents, and how you can have effective strategies to help him manage his anger, self-regulation again, and to help you find your own place of calm and balance with those big extreme emotions. And of course, we'll put the link in the show notes. Absolutely.
0: You know, the other major thread that I've seen going through 2018, generally speaking, this was a year when we really started talking seriously the Me Too movement, sexual harassment, uh, sexual misconduct. We continued to talk about mass shootings and the words toxic masculinity got tossed around a lot. And different people argue about the meanings of that. And I want to be very clear, I am not at all saying that masculinity is toxic or that there's a problem with being male. But I think what people are grappling with is that on some level we're realizing that there are a lot of men a lot of boys who feel very frustrated very angry and for centuries the only acceptable emotion for a man was anger and we're talking about that so this the fact that this is one of our most popular episodes makes me really happy because parents and teachers are looking for healthy ways to deal with this. You're helping parents and teachers deal with their own issues, uh, whatever their son's anger or the student's anger triggers in them. You help them deal with that and you help them understand and help children channel and express their full range of emotions so that boys aren't only restricted to anger. This
2: episode is sponsored by
0: ByHeart. Babies need to eat, and whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about ByHeart baby formula. ByHeart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And by heart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on by heart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. By heart is also the only US-made infant formula to use organic grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider by heart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code on boys at buyheart.com. That's B Y H E A R T.com slash podcast, and it is 10% off your first order. Buyheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer, and additional terms and conditions may apply. We all know that vitamins can help fill nutritional gaps in our diet. you can receive a free, free three-month supply of Easy Melt Vitamin D3 with your first purchase. To claim your free D3, visit try.easymelts.com slash That's try, T-R-Y, dot easy m-e-l-t-s dot com forward slash
2: On, boys. I'll just keep the weaving here. We're having some great segues between these episodes. I'll just keep it up because... One place where anger is often expressed is with siblings, and that can especially drive us crazy, and our sibling episode was very popular this year.
0: Sibling Stress, How to Handle Bickering, Fighting, and More. We aired that initially on July 26th, and it makes me smile um, saying it because I love that title, and it makes it sound like I know exactly how to do this. And I do, but it certainly hasn't solved the problem of bickering and fighting. Bickering and fighting are things that will happen always and forever when you have multiple people together. Fact. So part of what we did in that episode was we talked about what's normal and when does it maybe cross the
2: line into a very harmful pattern of behavior? Yeah. And I think that's where parents need... The reassurance because they might have grown up as only children or they're raising an only child and that only is having trouble with their friends and often it's you know they're having that sibling dynamic with a friend yet we're horrified as the parents of how dare you know how can my son be treating his friend this way when actually that's how our siblings can treat each other and there's so much fertile ground for learning about feelings and relationships and communication. And it's messy. It's not fun, but there is a lot of learning that's happening in those sibling relationships. And there's often a time when parents might just need to get really busy in another room. I've done that many times. Dog, I bet you've done that too. I have done that. But it's, it's hard to know. When do I intervene? When don't I intervene? Do I let them pummel on each other? Do I intervene? <laughs> you know,
0: you mentioned that it can be difficult if you were an only, for instance, to really understand this dynamic and what's normal and is pummeling normal. And I think it is a big challenge for people that end up with multiple boys like I did. If you did not grow up, with a bunch of brothers, and you're a woman, you do not realize how incredibly common it is for boys to pummel each other, to wrestle, to play fight, to be very physical with one another. And it's extremely common to worry that, oh my gosh, my kids are going to be absolute uh, terrible people who are beating up on others. That's not the truth. But... If you haven't had a group of boys in your house before, it's really easy to panic. So we talked about all of that. I think it's funny, too, that we're re- recording this episode now because here in the States, we're heading towards the end of the year. A lot of kids are going to be off of school for winter break. And this is a perfect time for the siblings' stress to really ramp up, isn't it?
2: Send them outside. <laughs> yep yep Fiction, wrestling matches pillow fights all of those things rough housing it's all good it helps them part of it is it helps them develop empathy mm. you know, they don't really 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 want to hurt their brother and so when they do they're feeling what that feels like and then we as the adults can help them navigate through that and what can you do differently and you know there's the apologies and all of that but it's it's more about us not helicoptering them and letting them work out a lot of it mm-hmm. without our interference maybe mm-hmm. one ear is cocked towards what's happening but stay out of it
0: at the same time if you can also pay attention and comment when things are going
2: well. Ooh, good reminder.
0: Right? I know I forget that one sometimes, but I have to tell you, as we're heading into the holiday season at my house, my guys will fight like crazy all year round and through the holidays, but they also put a lot of time into picking out presents for each other. So on some level, they really do care. And it's just neat to see the things that they brainstorm for their brothers because they think of things that I never would because they have a
2: different relationship with each other than I do with them. Yeah. And during this holiday time, it might be feeling really good to have a break from homework homework. Another popular episode. How'd you like that? That was pretty smooth. That was a
0: pretty good segue. I didn't even see that one coming. You Did you realize that that was our first real episode that we recorded? Oh, I'm starting
2: to feel nostalgic, Jen. Right?
0: We did our introductory episode where we said who we are and what we're doing. And then homework was the first topic we dove into. And for me, it was because this issue causes
2: so much stress for so many families. It does. It's crazy making. We feel as parents like we have to conform to the school and support the teacher, but that means we're battling with our sons every night because they don't want to do another ridiculous math sheet or assignment. Boys feel like if I've, if I, I've done it, I know it, well, let's move on. But homework- Sometimes
0: they feel that way even if they don't exactly know it, True. which is another issue to deal with, but that's that's the mentality they're coming to it with.
2: Yeah. So homework causes so much stress and I will be doing a learning lab, which is again, an a hour and a half workshop online, virtual, and we'll be talking about homework and how to support homework, and when to let it go, when when it's okay, and how to work with the school in that way. Tips for having a happier homework experience in your house and not let it ruin your evenings.
0: Nationally, this has been a really big topic this year as well. I just did a quick Google and I found a Wall Street Journal article. Wall Street Journal article. Talking about schools uh, that are banning homework or putting restrictions on homework. And increasingly, this is a movement that's going on across the country. Uh, Parents and teachers are kind of fed up. There are a lot of good research studies that show that hours of homework at night aren't helpful and can be counterproductive. And in that Wall Street Journal article, a school superintendent, I believe, was quoted as saying that the goal of doing away with homework is to give students more time to read, sleep, and spend time with family. Yeah. You and And I talk a lot about things that we know are good for the development of boys, and those three are right up there. Read, sleep, time
2: with family. That's what our kids need. Yeah, time outside all of that. Not necessarily time on screens, but... Well, and this is where it gets challenging,
0: right? Because the goal is admirable. And it if it ends in that, it's really easy. You're going to have a lot of parents and teachers and probably some grandparents going, well, yes, but then we'll, when will they? And the truth is a lot of those kids' time, it's going to go to screens rather than reading or sleeping or spending time with family. hmm So... It's up to us as families to talk about how can we encourage and nurture our kids development even if they're not doing homework right because really that was what homework was supposed to be about it was supposed to be about encouraging learning yes and they
2: the studies have shown that at different ages homework is type different types of homework are effective so but that is not homework worksheets in kindergarten. It's more Mm -hmm. around high school students and the necessity to repeat some concepts and that kind of thing. But for our little ones, that what you just said, time with family, reading, time with family being not just mom and dad are on the floor playing Legos with you, but it's doing chores together. It's doing the lawn, raking leaves, shoveling snow, all those things cooking baking together the those social skills and life skills that our kids are somewhat missing out on years ago when our oldest was in first grade
0: and we made the decision to pull him out of school and homeschool instead a big part of it was because he didn't have time for these things Mm. by the time you know, he was in school all day. That was the biggest chunk of the day. Come home, do your assigned reading. And I have my own problems with that. Assigned reading versus, you know, reading because you want to are two hugely different things. Do that. Um, by the time his dad came home and we ate dinner and then it's time almost to get ready for bed, he didn't have time to do anything meaningful with his family, to help work with his dad, to follow his own interests. So we took a pretty radical approach. I'm not saying everybody should pull their
2: kids out of school, but it's interesting that that was the impetus for us. So as we wrap up this year of 2018, what's your hope for the year ahead? What are you thinking about? What are you wishing? This is a time when we can really have that moment of pause. And where where do you see things going? What's your dream? Those are always such big
0: questions. On a personal level, in 2019, my second son will graduate from high school. I hope that he finds a path ahead that feels right for him and that he finds ways to continue to feed his curiosity and develop his skills. Right Mm -hmm. now, it's looking like he's probably going to go to college, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. In 2019, my third son will get his driver's license my youngest one will become an official teenager. So it's going to be a big year, personally. Another big year, Another right?
2: big year your life, right?
0: Yes. Looking ahead big picture, I think we have made great strides this year as a country and as a world talking about social and emotional development and realizing that we need to pay attention to boys' social and emotional development. I hope that in the coming year, we can shift the conversation, continue that, but also really, really, really pay attention to boys in school and what we can do to make school a more comfortable place for boys and to facilitate their learning in ways that make sense for them.
2: Bravo. I second that. How about you? Well, on a personal level, I have a dream of traveling with my daughters this year to um, maybe Mexico, someplace. My my younger daughter is studying Spanish and I'd love to go somewhere where she can speak Spanish and- Gives you a lot of options. Order good things for us to eat. So that's that's out there. And on a bigger scale, global scale is- I am really thinking about moms and dads too, but moms in this context, because I've been hearing from quite a few moms lately, moms who feel disconnected from their boys, who dread spending time with them because of these big emotions that boys have because of their impulsivity, whatever the reason. But my hope is that through our work together, through our work individually, through all the articles you write, that we can inspire both moms and dads to foster deeper connections with their boys and girls, but that we really strengthen that bond between moms and their sons.
0: You know, I think that all of us globally need to work on developing empathy for our boys. So often as parents, and I am... As guilty of this as the next person. We look at what they're doing and how it annoys us, affects us, makes life more difficult. And we do that on a national and global scale. We look at boys as problems Mm -hmm. more often than not. I think my biggest hope is that we can all develop more empathy for boys, little boys, tween boys, teenage boys. They have a lot going on. And if we can approach them With empathy and understanding, I think we're all going to
2: get a lot farther ahead. And I would add playfulness and humor. Yes. Simply enjoy their approach to life. It's refreshing and it can be a whole lot of fun if you'll just let it be. Here's to a great 2019. Click, we'll click our glasses together. All right. We wish all of you a wonderful close to your year and we look forward to being here in support in the new year. Take care, everybody. We love you.
0: Thanks for joining us. You can find the show notes for this episode at onboyspodcast.com and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, Please share this podcast with your friends, and even your community groups and schools will benefit from knowing about this resource. We are Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison, and we are here to support you in parenting and teaching tomorrow's men.